Hey, before we get started, I want to warn you that this episode contains a brief mention of sexual assault and a very brief mention of um, suicide. And if those um, topics might make this a hard listen for you, I would suggest, I would encourage you to skip this episode. There is more content coming and I will see you guys next week. Thanks. Hi guys, Princess here and welcome to another episode of My Pumpkin. Um, it is Saturday night and I am recording this late. I just had a busy week. Um, uh, my older boy's adoption anniversary was this week. I'm busy at work right now. I'm back in the office. And then today was Bear Bear's fifth birthday. He's finally fucking five. And I wrote a birthday tribute to him on my Instagram. So I think I talked about this when it was Bunny's birthday. And the fact is, the kids know I write a little something about them on their birthdays because when people write nice things back, I read it to them, right? I And I take a picture of them and I ask them, can I post it to the internet? So they know that I'm doing that. And so, you know, I was taking my little sabbatical from the internet though. If, if I did not do what I did for the other kids on Bunny's and Bear Bear's birthdays, they would know, they would comment on it, they would never let me fucking live. So I had to reactivate to do those things. And so if you head over, you can see it briefly because I'm going to deactivate tomorrow. But it's Sunday evening. By Sunday evening, I'll be done with out of Instagram again. But um, people have said such nice things about it. And I appreciate that. But be clear, I do not want to write these posts. <laughs> I don't like at this point. Basically, the, the, the what happened is when I wrote Turtles... It was at the beginning of my birthday seasons and um, I had the energy for it and I really was and I really felt that way and I really wanted to write something about him. So I did. And then once I did that, I had to write something about my husband and I had to write something about uh, Cheeks. And by then I was like, oh, you done backed yourself into a fucking corner, bitch. <laughs> and now... And then I had three more birthdays to go. And as each birthday came, I was like, oh, no, you should have never done this. And, you know, I did it. It's fine. But it's like one of those things that's on my to-do list. And I don't need more things on my to-do list. My to-do list is fine, guys. It's packed. Um, So next year, I will not be doing this. I usually write something about my husband on our anniversary, our wedding anniversary, December 27th. I will not. I will not be doing that this year. Um... And next year, I will not be writing these either. And it's not that they're difficult to write or that I'm not speaking the truth in them. I am. Like, I love these fucking people. These are my people. I Everything I do is for them. Everything I do. Um, I was talking about them at work. And I was like, they are the reason I show up here every day. If they, they, were, if they did not exist, I would not come here. And they are the reasons I, I leave here and go home. So when I'm leaving here and people are like, oh, what's going to happen? I'm like, no, I don't want to. I want to go home. I want to see my fucking kids. And so, <laughs> like, I want to be with my people. Uh, and they're all true. So, I mean, but when you're already doing the birthday stuff, to have to sit down and be like, all right, cracks knuckles. How do I, how do I, what, what am I going to write about this child? Even, and sometimes they're not exactly acting very lovable that day, you know? 
And what is family? Family is people who love you when you're not being lovable. Right? They show you love, they show you grace, they do for you, they show up for you even when you are not being your most lovable. Because not everybody can be lovable all the time. I know I'm sure the fuck not. Okay, so, but the people in my life that take care of me and love me like family, they show up and find a way to love me even when I'm not being very lovable. And so, you know, the kids can be on my nerves and I still have to write them that birthday post. And so it's not, it's not easy. And, um, I appreciate everyone who comments on them and, and asks me to write theirs and says all these wonderful things about them. But please, 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 please note, it's not always easy to do it, especially when I'm busy and running and I got to do a podcast and, and I got to go pick up a Peppa Pig cake and I got to do this and that. And I'm like, Oh, I got to sit down and like write something nice about my fucking kid. Um, I will say that they are good for, uh, I, we don't compliment the people in our lives enough, you know? That's why, like, whenever I have to do an ARD for one of my kids, uh, I, or like a meet, a a parent-teacher meeting or anything really where someone is giving me feedback for the kids and stuff, I always write down all the compliments and I always read them to the kids because people don't tell you when you're doing, when you're doing a great job. Most of the people tell you when you're doing a bad job. That's what happens in life. And so I don't sit around telling the children how important they are to me. I don't think Cheeks knows that he, he like, you know, I always say that Turtle uh, made me a mother, but uh, Cheeks taught me how to parent. I don't think Cheeks knows that. I don't think Cheeks know, knows that he, that he challenges me to stretch as a parent. That like the things I do right as a parent are because he has presented challenges that I have to figure out a way through. Because the truth is, uh, Turtle, anybody can parent Turtle. It's very easy. Uh, I mean, uh, sure, 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 sure. You can like fuck it up, but he's uh, very motivated by yelling. <laughs> he doesn't want anybody to be mad at him ever. And uh, he mostly wants to do what he's supposed to do. Anybody can parent Turtle. It's so easy. I, I could like, I could give, I, I could bring him over your house right now and be fine. <laughs> but um, Cheeks requires uh, more uh, gumption, <laughs> stamina, <laughs> ideas. <laughs> Um, but I don't think he knows that. So like writing this out and showing it to him and letting him see and letting him see the comments is a nice exercise, but I don't think I'm gonna be doing this next year. (laughs) Um, so what else did we do today? I, so I have been binging, uh, this ends at prom, which is a podcast, um, Forgive me if I don't, I, I'm not going to say the people's names because I'm not going to say them right, but it's a easily found podcast about teenage girl movies by, um, a couple of wives. Um, and part of what's interesting about it is one of the wives is a cisgendered woman and the other one is a trans woman. So she she is often seeing these movies through new eyes because she didn't, she wasn't socialized as a girl. She grew up as a teenage boy. And so they have conversations about these teen movies meant mostly for teen, for teen girls. And so I've been binging that to get through it. And, um, 
I'm not to get through, but I've been binging that to have something to listen to as I clean out pantries and drive and do all the things I have to fucking do. And they had mentioned the craft, right? Um, and so I watched it today. Like, guys, the craft is a is a movie I can quote heart by by heart. What other movie did I watch today that I was that I was watching and I was like, oh, I know all the words of this movie. What other movie was that? It was Buffy the Vampire Slayer, which I saw in a theater, in a little tiny theater in Dahlgren, Virginia, which is where I went to late part of elementary school and the early parts of um, middle school. I'm not, I don't know why I'm saying I'm like, it's like two different schools. It was one school. <laughs> it's a very tiny base. It's a warfare base. It's where they make weapons. And we had a tiny little movie theater we walked to it played a movie on friday night it played the same movie on saturday morning and then again on saturday night and then another movie on sunday morning and that's how and if you wanted to see a movie not at those times or not the same movie that was going to play all fucking weekend then you had to drive to ward waldorf um maryland to go to the mall <laughs> and, uh, uh dahlgren is very close to the bridge to maryland um, so, uh, which is in that movie, th- that mall is where I saw Aladdin, <laughs> which I adored. But anyway, so I, I walked to this little tiny movie theater. I, I definitely saw, um, Buffy the Vampire Slayer there. I definitely saw a father of the bride there. I saw the bodyguard there. I saw, <laughs> I saw a lot of movies there. I'd walk there by myself. There was concession stand that held that sold almost nothing <laughs> and uh i'd walk home at night by myself and i saw buffy the vampire slayer there i was watching it today and i i knew all the words all of them i and i didn't i didn't know i was gonna know all the words um to it until the people started talking and my mouth started moving but you know it was enjoyable i'd forgotten about this movie i'd forgotten um, how much I enjoyed it. And then I, you know, and the, I didn't know all the words because I saw it in that little tiny movie theater. I saw all, I knew all the words because I then, when it came on HBO, I watched it every time it was fucking on. And, and then when it was on TNT or wherever else you, TBS, TBS, that's definitely where it was. Um, I watched it every time. So, but I'm talking about The Craft. So I've talked about this before. I saw The Craft in a theater, not in Dahlgren, Virginia. Uh, I might have started the Dollar Theater, though. My mom dropped me off. Um, I I don't know. I thought it was like four girls, best friends, learning witchcraft and changing the world. And I was like, this is great. And about three-fourths into it, I about shit myself because I was like, wait, this is a horror movie. And I've talked about this before, guys. I... I, when I'm watching TV shows and horror and like movies in general, I'm like, that didn't happen. That doesn't make any sense. How'd she get in the car? She doesn't have any keys. <laughs> but when I watch a horror movie, I suspend disbelief immediately. I'm like, oh, I see the strings on that. That's fine. It's still real. And so, and so like, I'm not a person that needs to watch horror movies because I'm like, yep, this definitely happened. This is exactly what happened. And it can happen right now in my house too. <laughs> And so, like, I would have never chosen to go see a horror movie, ever. And so, especially by myself, I would have, I would have never, I mean, I may have watched a horror movie, but I would have watched it, 
like rent it from Blockbuster with my brothers or something or with a friend. I w- in the daytime, I would have never said, oh, please drop me off to go see Mean Witches. I would have never said that. And so, you know, about three fourths of the way through, I about sh- shit myself. I was like, mm, not what I thought I was going to watch. And <laughs> so anyway, I'm listening to God. I think their names are BJ and Harmony, the host of this Inzit Prom, talking about it. And so I watched the original craft and then I watched craft legacy, which I'd never seen the, that's a, it's not a reboot. It's not a revival. It's a sequel. I think, I really think it's a sequel and you know, I enjoyed myself, you know, so the hosts were talking a lot about how people think of the craft as a women's empowerment movie. And how so many people are like, yeah, oh, they were supposed to do all these things and stuff. And I was like, who are those people? I never thought of it as a women's empowerment movie. Now, was it marketed to me like one? Yes. But once I saw it, I was like, oh, that's not what this is. It's a horror movie. <laughs> it's a horror movie. <laughs> and and uh, Nancy, icon that she is is um the villain and um bonnie and i forget rachel true's actual name in the in the movie they're like go along to get along girls they're basically minions and um like what the fuck (laughs) who thinks this is a female empowerment movie a women's empowerment movie nancy they killed that boy because, I mean, he's not great. He's not great, okay? He's he's a fucking dick, okay? But they killed that boy because Nancy, well, they, Nancy kills him because Nancy wants him, right? Okay, so the reason she's upset with him, he slept with her. I guess he gave her an STD, crabs or something. I don't know, he gave her an STD. And then, like, didn't want to acknowledge it and didn't want to hang out with her. And he's gross to uh, Sarah, Robin Tooney's character. Um, And there is a scene where there is a, it's an implied attempted rape in it, okay? Let me me remind myself to put a fucking content warning on this. There's an attempted rape. But as the the host of this, the host of this incident prom rightfully pointed out, and like, I don't know why people, like, do people not remember this? The reason he does that is because they have put a spell on him. He is, he is pursuing Sarah against his will. He does not want to pursue her. And that is why he attempts to rape her. And um, Nancy, not to, just, you guys know, if you listen to this podcast, you already fucking know that I am never going to be like, oh, that you almost got raped because it's your fault. That's not what I'm trying to say there. But like, he's not attempting to rape anybody himself. They put a spell on him that makes him chase after her, stalk her. And and basically, I'll be careful what you wish for sort of situation. And Nancy kills him because she pretends to be Sarah because he will not have sex with her. And she pretends to be Sarah and gets him to do to do it with her and then he's upset and, blah, 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 and she ends up I guess killing pushing him out the window or something um yeah like though and so when they're talking about that I was like who watched the craft 
and thought this was a female empowerment movie about friends doing it for themselves. Who watched the craft and thought that? It is a it is a story about how power corrupts. And I mean, and I guess if if you want to, I guess if you want to infer that it means that power corrupts women, I'm not going to stop you, but that's not what I got from me either. That power corrupts that when magic's awesome, but mad, you need to be careful what you wish for or what you spell for, because you might fucking get it. it rem- I mean, I got the same thing from this as I got from love potion number nine. Okay. But like. You cannot, like, trying to get people to love you outside of their own free will is a bad fucking idea. Um, but anyway, I just, I so I rewatched it today and I knew all the words. And then I watched the, the sequel and it was bad. <laughs> but I can see why they, they were trying to do something different with it. But it is, I, you know what, maybe if I was a teen girl and my mom had just dropped me off at the dollar movie theater, I would have loved it. I don't know. But I love the craft. I really do. So I'm not saying it's a good movie. <laughs> I'm not saying that. See, again, once again, remember, it's not the things have to, are good or bad. It's just whether you vibe with them at the time or not. And if you vibe with them at the time, it does. It could be the worst fucking writing, the worst acting. Robin Tooney's wig could be terrible, and it was. But you you vibe with it, and that's all it is to it. Um, I think I'm gonna go. I'm gonna watch Teen Witch, which. I love because I want to hear them rap top that. <laughs> um, sometimes I always, I think I should be doing bonus episodes about some of these movies that I am getting back into. Like I would love to talk about Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead with somebody who really loves that fucking movie and wants to chronicle how, how Sue Ellen's slowly becomes her fucking mom and she has to take care of these she starts off as this teenager just like why is my mom such a fucking bitch and then she has to be the mom she's like she's suddenly like taking baths and and telling Katie to turn down that music I'd love to talk about that and um with somebody but uh there are too many movie podcasts (laughs) and maybe I should do some bonus episodes or maybe I shouldn't if if you think I should talk about like Buy Pumpkin's always been um, niche reality programming or niche topics that that niche vintage topics that really are important to me, which is why we do um, stuff like Flavor of Love and <laughs> Teen Mom and shit like that. But uh, like, if you think that I should do some bonus episodes about some of these movies that really influential or instrumental to me becoming me um comment on something (laughs) let me know um if you would listen to a bonus episode about um don't tell mom the babysitter's dead or ghostbusters maybe not ghostbusters i think i get too excited about it you know what it is when you love something and you really, really love something, you get too excited. So I probably won't talk about that because I just don't want you guys to unsubscribe for me. But <laughs> maybe the craft sometimes. Maybe uh, a league of her own sometimes. League of their own, excuse me. And we, I don't know. We'll talk about it. Um, so guys, it's season nine of Buy Pumpkin. Uh, it is time to move on to a new season. And before we start talking about that, let me remind you that we got a merch shop. It's at buypumpkin.threadless.com. All proceeds 
Anything we make until the end of this year goes to the Central Texas Food Bank. And because they are already having a matching program with a sponsor of theirs, every dollar we donate gives eight meals to somebody who needs it. There, there's like no better way to say that. I, I you guys know, already know that I am like already embarrassed to ask you guys to buy something. It is so hard for me to ask you to buy something. I did not sell my Girl Scout cookies. I was a Girl Scout for a real long time because I wanted cookies, okay? And but I did not sell my Girl Scout cookies because they were they were like you need to stand out front of this place and ask people to buy. And I was like, why? I can't ask people to buy stuff. No one should spend any money ever. <laughs> I can't ask people to buy things. This is why I don't work in sales, guys. Because as soon as you come over and tell me I want to buy something, I'm like, do are you sure? Are you sure? What's your budget look like? You know, you can get this really cheap on Amazon. Like, I'm not good at that kind of thing. And so the fact that I'm even over here talking to you guys about buying something at the merch shop is tough. Real fucking tough. Shout out to Rachel Gabrielle, though, who bought a sweatshirt and sent me a picture of it. Thank you, Rachel. <laughs> Thank you so fucking much, okay? She already got it in the mail, and I'm so happy. But um, if you guys want to help donate to the Central Texas Food Bank, you can buy something at the merch shop. You can buy a sticker. You can buy a phone case. You can buy a coffee cup. You can buy a notebook. You can buy a magnet. And whatever money they, they are willing to give me on based on your purchase will go to the Central Texas Food Bank. And I appreciate you guys. Um, I, I don't tell people I have a podcast, right? Cause I don't want them to listen to it. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> I don't want anyone to listen to it. <laughs> and yet every week when I look at these numbers and see how many people are fucking listening to this podcast, I am shocked and astounded and also a little worried to talk the next week, but one of the nice things about having a podcast and getting on here and saying ridiculous thoughts and telling my business and doing all the things I normally do and putting my foot in my mouth and all that shit is that sometimes I get to do stuff like this. And I wouldn't get to do stuff like this if it wasn't for people like you. So one, pat yourself on the back and please accept this thank you from me. And two, go to buypumpkin.threadless.com and buy a goddamn sticker. <laughs> I cannot wait till January 1st when I get to stop saying this. I cannot wait. <laughs> Woo. Anyway, season nine of Buy Pumpkin. Can you believe it's season nine already? We've done nine shows already. I'm excited. Um, we're doing Rock of Love. Now, I don't, I don't, I, I know I've talked about this before. Maybe, I, I think I misspoke. Because it's not that... You know, I started by Pumpkin with Flavor of Love. And the reason I started that with is because it stars the queen, Tiffany New York Pollard. And I believe that in terms of reality TV show, Tiffany Pollard changed the fucking game. And we can draw a straight line from Tiffany to Nene Leakes. And whether we like her or not, and I do not like her, don't get me wrong, Nene Leakes is the reason your Real Housewife franchises are what they are. The Real Housewife of Atlanta led ratings for many, many, many years. And part of that was Nene. Nene was the first um, uh, house name, household name uh, housewife. She was. Bethany definitely like took off like a fucking shot in New York. But the fact is... Nene had people in the Midwest saying, bloop, 
and close your legs to marry men. And and when we talk about internet culture, just <laughs> your your Tiffany New York, your Ninis, they are the ones that uh, even Miss even Miss Juicy from. Um, Little Women LA, when you're using these GIFs and these reacts and these and these hashtags, a lot of them come from these black women on in reality TV. It just it's true. It is fucking true. Um, I'm actually reading Not All Diamonds and Rose right now, and I want to talk about some of the things I found interesting in there, but it's a very big fucking book, and it's not an audiobook. And listen, I understand why it's not an audio book because it, it's an oral history of the, the housewives. It is done from, inter, there's very little in there that's not direct quote from someone interviewed. And they smash the interviews together to kind of give you the whole story of a, of a franchise. So I understand why there's not an audio book. It wouldn't make sense as an audio book. But because it's not an audio book, I have to sit and literally read it. And so it's not something I'm like, devouring but I do want to talk about it I just think that like maybe I should talk about each section maybe I should do like a quick bonus episode on Orange County like 30 40 minutes where I talk about the things that stuck out to me and then do one in New York a couple of weeks later you know maybe maybe I'll, I'll think about it but why am I talking about that oh I'm reading that and much of there's a lot of stuff in there that is surprising to me that is like oh yeah okay 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 I um there's one passage in um the New York part where Sonia's like I hit the ground running because I knew everybody and she starts naming all these things she's like me and Jill got our first furs together we did this we did that we used to go to hot yoga one time we went on a vacation to Europe and like she's listing all these things and then the next line is Jill being like I did not know Sonia before the show And you know what? She was a fucking bitch. But I believe her. <laughs> I believe her. <laughs> so he's like, yes, me, I went to our party all the time. You know, I introduced her to Bobby. <laughs> she was like, I did not know that woman. <laughs> it's funny. Um, you know what it is? If you're thinking about reading it, um, I mean, I think it's worth it. But again, it's slow reading. Um it reminds you of the remember when they did the secrets behind the Orange County and they did all those interviews and stuff and where we all found out production everybody fucking hated Gretchen. <laughs> it's like that and and I really enjoyed that special. It really it seemed like a lot of fun. By the way, there's a part because they're talking to producers, right? Um, the production said that when Andy saw the cut with Gretchen's that fake-ass proposal she did. I mean, they're still together. So is it fake? I mean, I guess they're not married. But is it fake? I don't, I mean, they had a baby. Like, I don't know. Maybe she wanted to propose, but also she was like, I should do it on the show, you know? Like, two things can be true at once. Yes, they did an over-the-top proposal for the fucking show. And also, she was willing to marry him. Those two things can be true. Um, but he saw the footage and goes, what a great ending for Gretchen. <laughs> Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's time to get her off the fucking show. <laughs> anyway, maybe I'll do something with that. I'm not sure. Um, why am I talking about this? Oh, I was talking about um, Flavor of Love. So Flavor of Love is... I may have said that Flavor of Love isn't my favorite. And it's not that it's not my favorite. It is the most influential. It came first. It is 
where we get a lot of internet cult, a lot of meme, uh, internet culture, memes, gifts, those sort of things come from Flavor of Love. And it's a show that, last, that launched a thousand ships. I mean, maybe I shouldn't say launched, but it is a show that showed them the model they could for the rest. Because, you know, Flavor of Love itself comes from Strange Love, which comes from um, Surreal Life, which eventually I will get to. But um, when, as much as I love Flavor of Love, I don't rewatch Flavor of Love as much as I watch Rock of Love. And part of it is that I just love a fun slut. And I've talked about this. I talked about this um, on the bonus episode, another bonus episode, I think, but I'm going to talk about it again just in case. Because, I mean, that's on the Patreon, which is at patreon.com backslash by pumpkin. But maybe you're not a Patreon member. You should be. It's a lot of fun over there. But if you're not, let me let me remind you of why I love a fun slut. Now, first of all, I know people are out there going like, princess slut is not a nice word. It's not a nice word. And I don't like the, it's not, I don't like the connotations of the word, but fun slut is the only way I can mention this. I can only like explain this. It's, you need those two together. And so a fun slut is a woman. I don't know any fun slut men who is just super fun, super funny, a fucking good time to be around and will fuck anybody. Doesn't necessarily need to be super smart, but and you don't have to agree with everything they do. In fact, you probably don't agree with most of what they do, but they are a good time. You find yourself smiling around them. And so my ultimate fun slut is Portia Williams. By the way, I'm listening to, I just, I, well, I just, Portia Williams audiobook is five hours long. You, you, mm, <laughs> that's nothing. Maybe I should do a bonus episode on that. I keep talking about bonus episodes I need to do when I don't even have time to brush my fucking teeth. I need to talk to a therapist about that, but I want to talk about Portia's book at some point. But my, but my ultimate fun slut is Portia. Fun, funny, dumb. <laughs> fun sluts don't have to be smart. Uh, often you going, what the fuck are you doing, Portia? But then she knows how to get the party started. She knows to ask that stripper to stay late so that they can all take turns fucking them. That's a fun slut. And like Jenna Maroney is a fun slut. Um, that character from 30 Rock, she is just... <laughs> you're just like talking to her about a problem you're having with somebody at work and she goes should I seduce them <laughs> you're like but part of you's like maybe you should maybe you should seduce them please she's like fine I'll go do it <laughs> um Samantha Jones some people call could call a fun slut I she she's too smart to be a fun slut for me like she's 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 she knows what she she knows what's up she's too aware of her surroundings and in control of things. By the way, I talked about this on the bonus episode, but I'm gonna say it again here. Samantha Jones would never ghost her friends because they didn't want to hire her. Samantha Jones is one of the best fucking friends in the world. Samantha Jones pulled a fucking diaphragm out of Carrie's pussy one time. Samantha Jones is an excellent friend. Samantha Jones had sex with Charlotte's brother, who was obviously in a bad place because his name was Wesley and he was married to a woman named Leslie. So he was making bad decisions already. And he was his divorce was, he was going through a bad divorce and she fucked her brother and Charlotte treated her like shit, okay? Shit. <laughs> and guess what? Sam forgave her. Samantha Jones 
is one of the best motherfucking friends you could ever have in your life. Her ego is not, her ego is not one that if you fire her, she, from representing you, that she wouldn't, that she would ghost you. And then ghost all your other friends too. This is a goddamn lie. In fact, Samantha Jones, such a good friend, and she probably wouldn't even charge you full fucking price for PR, Carrie, right? Because we know you're not good with money. And also, if you fired her, you were like, I can't afford her. The book, blah, 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 the, the book business isn't what it was, blah, blah, blah. Great, great, great. So if you fired her, she'd probably still give you advice because Samantha Jones is a goddamn friend. Put some respect on her fucking name, okay? <laughs> anyway, but like, you guys understand what I'm saying. Um, I love a fun slut. I just like someone who doesn't take themselves too seriously, doesn't doesn't take sex too seriously, and just enjoys themselves. And Rock of Love is full of fun sluts. Just, it really is. And so this is the one I rewatch most of the time when I want to watch something. Um, just to give you some, like, background, Rock of Love start, uh, came out in 2000, this first season came out in 2007, when I was like, oh, we didn't even have Barack Obama yet. 2000, that was the year I got married. Um, it's a long fucking time ago. And so, um... Who's Brett Michaels? All right, Brett Michaels is, he's still alive, right? Yeah, he's still alive. <laughs> Almost not, but still alive. Brett Michaels is a singer-songwriter. Um, he, front of the band Poison, they had those songs, Talk Dirty to Me. Um, what's another one? I feel like there's one literally called Fun Slut, but I could be wrong. Hold on, let me just look this up right quick. Poison's. Song, greatest hits. Let's look at that. Mm -mm -mm. Nothing but a good time. Unskinny bop. What is that? I won't forget you. I think I know that song. Cry tough. And your mama don't dance. My mama definitely dances and I don't like it. Lay your body down. But obviously, obviously, every rose has its throne. Thorn, and am I like a huge Poison fan? They're a hair band, okay, guys. Am I like a huge Poison fan? No, I'm not. But I've I've seen all of the Rock of Love seasons. There's three, and the third one's called Rock of Love Bus. And and let me tell you, they play Every Rose Has Its Thorn a million times. I think it's because Brett wrote it. Brett wrote it, and so he has like <laughs> rights to it or something. And so they could get it cheap. I don't know. <laughs> also, he probably pays it. He he probably plays it like every now in the fucking row. So he fronted that band and then he's been on the road with his own band as Brett Michaels, you know, for many, many years. Um, he's from Pennsylvania. I know this because I think he's from Pittsburgh. Pretty sure. Because I think he's a Steelers fan. Pretty sure he's a Steelers fan. And much like my husband. Um, don't ask me nothing about that. Um, he loves a bandana. He loves a bandana with a cowboy hat on top. I'm pretty, yeah, I'm really sure he's from fucking Pittsburgh. And so, and so, and so, um, and it is rumored he's wearing a wig on this or hair plugs. Now, is Princess against wigs? No, she's not. Is she against weave? No, she's not. I'm a black woman, okay? I ain't got nothing against no weeds. I'll, I'll take you right down to the hair store and show you which ones to get. It's not a big deal to me, okay? 
However, it has long been rumored that the reason he wears all those hats and stuff, like you never see Brett without a hat on. He's either got like a uh, a football hat, like a like a, a fitted hat on, or or a cowboy hat for some reason, or a do rag. He loves a fucking do rag, and his hair is kind of wispy. Like it's it's his hair situation is a big deal. Um, what else do I have to say about him? Oh, he has two kids. Uh, one's name. One's named Georgia Blue, Georgia, like European Georgia with like a J-O-R-J-A. Um, and one's named like Rain Elizabeth. And he, he was with a woman for 16 years on and off. Um, throughout the show, you hear him talking about his, um, his, um, his ex and his daughters. Um, much like Flavor Flav. By the time Flavor of Love ends, Flavor Flav is literally in a relationship, okay? Um, I think it's between season two and season three that Flavor Flav is in a relationship, but he's contracted to go back to do Flavor of season three. And I think I, think I heard this from um, VH1's Couples Therapy. Because he's on there with a woman who he, he was like, he, he was pretending like he, like he I wasn't even existing. He was on TV, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, okay, well, were you literally stuck? Were you in a cage of some sort? You could have left, whatever. <laughs> I mean, obviously I like empathize with her, but I'm also like, I mean, oh, then don't be there. Anyway, um, it is pretty much rumored that he got back together with his baby mama in between, like in between all this. And that's how, um, and like that was going on behind the scenes. Like it's, it's rumored that, that Brett never was really interested in these women at all. Not really. So Brett goes on to do a, a um, reality show on VH1 after all this. And it's called like Brett Michaels life as I know, life as we know, or life as I know it or whatever. And it's really, and you see his kids and, and he's living with his baby mama and he proposed to her at the end of the first season. He also goes on to win the apprentice season. He's on an apprentice one season. Um, he goes on to win it. And then he finds out he has a hole in his heart. He has a huge health scare. He's in a fucking hospital. I, it was really, I, I just remember people being like, listen, it looks like Brett Michael's going to fucking die. And it wasn't like a 12-hour thing. Like, you know, when we thought Kelly Price was fucking missing. This was like something that went on for like weeks. Like he was like in the hospital. He had to get surgery. He, he had some sort of heart condition. Also, he has diabetes. He's had childhood diabetes. I'm thinking about like, why he called like in the first episode he calls it childhood diabetes i'm like why are you calling it childhood diabetes you've had diabetes and you've been diagnosed with diabetes since you were a child but you got the same diabetes and you're a grown-ass man so you don't have childhood diabetes i wouldn't even say i had childhood diabetes i'd say i was diagnosed with child with diabetes when i was a child i don't know anyway he, he's he's always had diabetes um and, you know, it's been life-threatening and can be. And, you know, even when he was, like, in that hair band and on the road all the time and doing all the nasty shit, um, it, it, there have been times when he wasn't taking care of himself and could have died. And Diabetes is very serious. Um, so 
Like, yeah, I mean, Bert Michaels has had a life, but I don't care about any of it except for Rock and <laughs> So when this came out, how did I feel about it? What did I think about it? Well, it was on VH1 and I was watching almost everything on fucking VH1. VH1 had had a string of good hits and I was like, mm, a reality show on VH1, DVR. <laughs> and in particular, I was like, I was still bartending then. And I remember like late, you know, because what will happen on VH1, This and this is how... In uh, Not All Diamonds and Rosé, um, they talked about one of the ways they amped up viewership was by just playing marathons of this shit um, in the early days all the time. I mean, they still do, but like really playing lots of marathons of these early shows. And VH1 did the same thing. I mean, um, they would play... Like, so it might come on, I was in Eastern at that point. I was in Eastern time zone at that point. So it might come on at eight o'clock or nine o'clock, depending on what the lineup was for the night. But it would also, it would immediately come on again. Like they might play the new episode three times in a row. They might play the old episode, then the new episode, then the new episode, then three episodes in a row, all fucking, like you would, you couldn't miss it. I mean, I was DVRing it so I could skip to commercials because I'm bougie but <laughs> I say that was I guys you know I'm joking when I say that right I am definitely not a fucking bougie person but there's just some shit some lines I don't cross and that's commercials so <laughs> so um I uh I would like DVR for that but like you could always catch it you could always catch it and so I, it, it was late in the bar I and, you know, my manager wasn't, like, on my fucking back. I would turn it on. I'd turn to VH1. I mean, I also used to turn to Drag Race all the time. And people people would be like, can you turn on some sports? I'm like, this is a sport. <laughs> this is a sport, okay? <laughs> so they didn't like me. So, um, and I remember having conversations with people about how, uh, don't threaten me with a good time like that that this first episode and how they like to use that catchphrase but now they couldn't because this drunk bitch on tv was using it so in terms of like my first impressions of it i think that much like so on the patreon i started a team mom uh bonus series it's just the first season of team mom 2 so it's only about 12 episodes um but i talked about how how I was well, like I was nowhere near a teen when Teen Mom 2 premiered, but I'd already been watching 16 and Pregnant for a while and Teen Mom OG. And at the time, like I was definitely a part of the Teen Mom industrial complex. And I was like, oh, okay, there's another show. And I just kept watching it. And, you know, I'm still a fan of the show, I guess you'd have to say, because I keep up with it. I keep up with the news, I keep up with the people. But it's mostly because... I feel invested in these characters. And if they had not gotten me with teen mom, with uh, 16 and pregnant, I would not know who these people are. Most of the people still watching teen mom are middle-aged women. And like, I just don't think nobody knew, like, this is, I, this is my complaint about MTV all the time. MTV is not being watched by young people. I mean, 
all of their properties are nostalgia for middle-aged women. And it's why they need to get their head of their ass and recut these um, real world episodes and road rules too. They need to re they need to re-edit these and take the music out of it because we all know that's the reason we're not getting them. Um, they know that they're hot properties. And I understand that they're like, not rebooting, but they're doing like kind of limited runs with the original, like doing the New York. Now they're doing the LA cast. And I, I can't wait till they get to the Miami cast because that's the people I really care about. I really want to watch the season with Miami. Um, and so the, I feel like they do understand that like people want to see these things, but it's about the music and they don't have the rights to play because they, they're, you know, they're supposed to be a music channel. So they infuse music with all these shows. And Listen, I rewatched Daria not too long ago, and it is annoying, right? It is annoying when you remember a scene perfectly, and the cardigans were playing, and now it's this royalty-free fucking music. You're like, that is not what Quinn was getting dressed to. But I don't know. It it was worth it, and I feel like they need to get they need to put some fucking money behind editing these real-world episodes and getting this music taken out. And putting them back up so that we can watch them. Um, it just doesn't make any fucking sense. Uh, MTV has owned so many properties. I love to watch Sorority Girls. And now I'm going to sing that song for another fucking two weeks. Okay? <laughs> I used to love that. I think it's Michelle Branch's song. Uh, yeah, I think that's a Michelle Branch song. But, yeah, like... We want to see the shit. Get our true lives together. Get our fucking true. Why can't you stream? Why Why are not all the true lives? The true life started in 1998. You guys have heard me make this rant because I did a, a limited series of true lives over on the Patreon. Um, why can't you? Recut them and take the fucking music out. Is that going to cost money? Yeah. But I promise you, just the... <laughs> Do you want Paramount Plus to be successful or not? Is the question. <laughs> By the way, I've been watching. Is it on Peacock or I think it's on Paramount Plus. I've been watching this show called Ghosts, and or it might be called Ghost. I think it's just called Ghost, and it's about this couple who move into a house they inherited and is full of ghosts, and it's a comedy. And it's pretty funny. Um, I like that it has a South Asian man as the leading man. They usually don't do that. <laughs> Uh, Asian men are not very likely to be leading men on shows. They just, uh, racism, that's why. <laughs> so, but I like that, um, I think this guy played Rishi, uh, um, Mindy's little brother on the Mindy Project, right? So anyway, um, it's a funny show. I'm enjoying it. It's on Paramount+. Plus. This is not going to make Paramount Plus profitable. You know what would make Paramount Plus profitable? If you had all the fucking true lives on it, everybody would have a subscription. Not everybody, but most of the people I know would. Put sorority girls on that bitch. Put um, put all those stupid little reality shows that MTV used to have, like Next or what was that? Where your parental control? Put parental control on that bitch. Give us some nostalgia. The you already own the shit. Just give it to us. 
I feel like I have this thing every week. Anyway, why am I talking about this? Oh, I was explaining how, like, Rock of Love, like, I didn't, like, I think I knew who Brett Michaels was because I used to love Behind the Music. Another thing, give me my fucking Behind the Musics. They're actually making new ones that are not too bad, but give me my Behind the Musics. But I think I watched, I used to love Behind the Music. I used to love an e-true Hollywood story. I used to love shit like that. And so... I'm nosy. What can I say? And so I'm pretty sure I knew who Brett Michaels was, but I was not interested in him in any way. And so when this show came on, I was just like, yeah, I'll watch this too. What, what the hell the fuck am I doing? I'm home from my bartending gig. I'm going to walk my dog to the 7-Eleven, get a hot dog for him and a Kit Kat for me. Uh, probably get propositions because people think I'm a prostitute all the time one time I just said yeah and I named some prices and I told him it'd be extra as a dog watch because I was literally wearing my husband's t-shirt some baggy pants and walking a fucking dog and that dude paused for quite a while that's a long time to be thinking about whether you want this dog to watch us fuck it's a long time anyway I'd walk my dog to the store get him a hot dog get me a Kit Kat Welcome back. We live in a fucking terrible neighborhood. Uh, hopes no one had set fire to my car. And then I go inside and, you know, watch Pushing Daisies. Or one of the other, like, Heroes. Oh my God, I should go back and rewatch Heroes so I can pinpoint exactly when it went off the fucking rails. Or Rock of Love. And my first impressions of the show was like, okay, I know how the show is supposed to go because I've been watching Flavor of Love. And I believe at this point, let me just double check, but I believe at this point I'd, I'd seen two seasons of Flavor of Love. Yeah, they did two seasons in the year of 2006 and the third season came in 2008. So I'd seen two seasons of Flavor of Love by the time 2007 came along and Rock of Love had come on. I think I'd probably seen Breaking Bonaducci at this point. I don't know why I mentioned that, except for I've done season two of By Pumping was on Breaking Bonaduce. But, um, like, I kind of knew, I, I knew the, the, how this is supposed to go. I knew the structure and I was ready to watch it. Uh, so the show starts off with, by the way, the name of the show is, is Don't Threaten Me With A Good Time. And for obvious reasons, obvious reasons, um, and so it's 25 women standing outside of what is supposed to be a mansion in Beverly Hills. Is it in Beverly Hills? I don't believe so, but okay. I just don't think so. It just doesn't make sense if it's in Beverly Hills, but all right. Um, and, or excuse me, Bel Air. It's supposed to be in Bel Air. And so he, he's, you know, we get an intro to Brett. He tells us all the things I just told you about him. He sold 20 million records. He travels the world looking with beautiful women. And he says that he learned a secret of women at 15. He says that there's going to be lots of women, you, lots of women, lots of women you want to be friends with and lots of women you want to have sex with. But if you find a woman that you want to be friends with and have sex with, that equals rock of love. Now, the reason it's called rock of love is because the theme song is a single he just put out. And I love how everything goes back. Like, it is very clear that Brett is here to do a job. Um, 
I recently was on Reddit and, you know, you take everything on Reddit with a grain of salt. But there is a person doing an Ask Me Anything saying that they were a story producer for a lot of these shows at one point. And it says that they were verified that this is the person. I don't know. Who fucking knows? It's fucking Reddit, okay? Um, anybody with access to a, to a fucking internet and the app <laughs> or the website can, can post it. So fine. But um, they were talking about how well, people were asking questions like, was he there for like love? And like, was he really looking for a woman? And, you know, it just really came down to that Brett was very professional. Brett knew what he wanted to do. Brett was a co-creator or co, was he a co-creator? He was on the production team of this as well. He like RuPaul is an executive producer of like, of um, Drag Race. A lot of times people will be like, well, production made RuPaul do that. And I'm like, RuPaul is production. Okay. She's, RuPaul is a part of production. So I don't know, Ru. <laughs> and RuPaul does not make those decisions on her own. I mean, maybe, maybe she, maybe her contract says that she gets like, she gets to, to make sure she chooses the winner. Great. But those decisions about who goes home are, are on a committee, just like on Flavor of Love, just like on Rock of Love, just like on, was it Ray J of Love? It might have been Ray J of Love. If it was. Hold on, one, pause one moment, please. Was it called Ray J of Love? Were they just like, were they just like tired? Uh-uh, it was called Ray J, for the love of Ray J. Okay, thank goodness. <laughs> I just imagine someone in our production meeting being like, just call it Ray J of Love so people know. <laughs> okay, anyway. I just love that idea of people being lazy. One of my favorite stories about my family is how my grandmother had six daughters and a son and she you know one of her children had sickle cell anemia and she was always ill she had a son that was in and out of prison like all his fucking life when he was a very young kid and she um had one child like she named, she, like, the last of my mother's sisters are named, like, April and June, because my grandmother was like, fuck it, I don't, she was born in June, call her June, I don't, I, I don't have any more names, I don't have any, I'm tired, I'm tired, I have an alcoholic husband, <laughs> I have a sick child, I had to give up one of my children for adoption, because I could not take care of all these fucking kids, I don't have any names, <laughs> I know, I know that's pretty dark, but I'm just, I just love the idea of my grandmother in the hospital being like, bitch, call her whatever. Call her Tuesday. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> anyway, anyway, anyway. I just, uh, I, I just, so it tickles the idea of me, of someone being like, call it Ray J of love. <laughs> we don't have any more ideas. Okay. Um, anyway, so <laughs> why am I talking about that? I am loopy. It's late. I'm like an hour into this and I haven't started talking about the fucking show. I need to talk about the show. Okay. So, I mean, he tells us that basically he has a ranch in the desert. Is it a ranch? A, a place in the desert. And he says how beautiful it is in the pool. And his, his two daughters live there. But before he can bring anyone there, he needs to like know them really well. So he got Big John, who's the head of his security. And I believe that's actually true. He is the head of their security, of his security, and also a friend. Um, and he got him to rent a mansion in Bel Air and bring 25 girls there. And they start um, 
they show a montage of Big John measuring things and, and vacuuming and all this. That isn't true. But <laughs> so we're going to set this up just like we did with Flavor of Love where he had, I forget his name, the big black guy that used to run around with him. And this kind of like concierge here that is helping with the games in the, in the stuff. And so he shows up. What we see is 25 women standing on risers, it looks like, so we can see them all. And Brett Michael shows up um, on a motorcycle and is basically like, let's get this party started. And he says he's going to go in, he's going to change. And I'm pretty sure someone yelled, scream louder for Brett. <laughs> and that's why these ladies are all like, oh my God. I Just like with Flavor of Love, I think a lot of people that applied for this, had no fucking idea who, he, who was going to be there. Had no idea. Now, when we get to season two, I'm sure a lot of those people knew who was going to be there, but not these girls. And also, let's talk about this, girls versus women. I, in real life, like to say women, right? I don't like to say girls. We don't need to infantile, infantile. I don't. I can't say the word. Um... <laughs> infantilize there we go we don't need to infantilize people but this show they say girls over and over and over and over it's not just brett it's not just big john it's the actual women themselves it's they say girls and if i remember correctly on flavor of love they said ladies more often than girls um but they say girls so much on the show. So sometimes they're going to be saying girls. And it's not because I think that's the correct way to say it. It's because that's the way they keep calling them. That's the way they describe them. They say girls every five seconds. And it's hard not to like also say it too. All right. So there's 25 girls standing out there. Supposedly for the love of Brett Michaels. Even though we know a lot of them don't. All of them don't even know who's supposed to be showing up. So. Oh, one thing Brett says. So Brett says he doesn't do scripts because I saw an interview with him about this not too long ago. And he looks exactly the same in 2020 as he does in this show in 2007. Um, suspect. Anyway, um, he says he doesn't do well scripts, so they did let him talk a lot on his own. Um, but he says that any woman he chooses needs to know that rock and roll is his main love and that if he, what he's looking for is a woman that'll do a threesome with him in rock and roll Blech. that's how i feel about that so brett says he's gonna go in and take a shower by the way guys you should know this even as a casual uh listener of these types of things Brett did not stay there. Brett did not live there. Brett left. And they would call Brett if there was drama or, or to come do challenges. Which, to me, sounds like hell. To be at your actual house, relaxing and chillaxing. And watching, I don't know, watching Hulu. Not in 2007. Mm, no, not in 2007. Um, I don't know, watching TV. Uh, getting your Netflix uh, disc out of the fucking mail. I don't know. And them being like, you got to come back, Brett. They're fighting and we need you to come pretend like you heard him upstairs. <laughs> but so he's not in there taking a shower. Maybe he's changing, but he's not in there taking a shower because he doesn't live there. He's just there. Maybe he did take a shower. I don't know. But it's implying that he just got home and he doesn't live here, obviously. 
So while he goes in, Big John starts to point out women. And he chooses five women and tells them to stand there and sends the rest into the, to the mansion. Then he tells those girls they got to go home. I thought this was cruel when it happened. I think it's cruel today when I'm looking at it. First of all, he's choosing women that obviously look older. How old's Brett in 2007? Hold on a second. I'm back. He's 44 in 2007. And the majority of these women in this, in, in this uh, competing are in their early 20s. Um, I think Heather's 32. And, she, and they call her old all the time. Anyway, so the five women that Big John picks not to go in are obviously, they look older. They are not doing the rock of love aesthetic. What I mean by that is like skimpy clothes, uh, large fake boobs. They, they look like a mom that like, I don't know, works in an insurance office. And I don't know why I keep going to insurance office. I think it's because I've worked in plenty of insurance offices and I know what the people look like there. But that's what, that, that's what this woman looked like. And, you know, he basically says, you know, wasn't guaranteed entry, so off you go, ladies. And they're pissed. Like, one girl came from Chicago to do it. And I'm like, well, let's talk about your cho- life choices. You came from Chicago to do this. And I understand that, like, once Flavor of Love came out Tiffany York was I mean she she got a lot of press she was all over the tv like people understood what was happening she got a spinoff all these great things by the way the producer on they did the ask me anything on reddit was like they used to promise people spinoffs all the time not everybody got one like 12 pack from uh I love New York was supposed to get a spinoff they 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 promised Heather a spinoff by the way Heather and Lacey have a podcast called talk of love I don't know if it's still going, but I'm going to check it out. And because a lot of the stuff I'm li- I'm hearing came from like interviews on Talk of Love. So, anywho. Um, so, but there's one girl, her name is Tiffany. And she's wearing a purple, very shiny dress. She has reddish hair and then two, the two white blonde pieces in the front. Um. And she don't want to (laughs) go. She doesn't want to go. And she's upset about this. We'll get back to her. So y'all get in the house. Everybody starts drinking. Heather's making drinks for everyone and doing cheers. And like, what do you want, sweetie? Now listen, guys. Heather's a villain on this show. So is Lacey. In 2007 when I watched this, they were villains of the show. Right? I don't know that I'm going to see Heather that way anymore because I can tell right from, from the get go, Heather seems very nice to me. Like from just that little part, she seems nice to me, but that's me as a 41 year old woman and not, you know, 27 and still thinking sluts a nice, appropriate term for someone. I know I just spent like 20 minutes talking about a a fun slut, but you, you understand, like, like. The fact that these women are calling each other whores and shit, I was like, I don't know, that's what you call somebody. She does seem like a whore. <laughs> it's possible that I would have said that. Um, so I wonder what how I'm going to see Heather at this point. Lacey gets up and starts playing some instruments that are clearly meant to be decorations in the corner. I don't think they really meant for you guys. 
to play those instruments. Um, but you know, Lacey does what she does. Uh, Brandy, we meet Brandy C and a girl named Krista, I think. And Krista is a non-motherfucking factor. I don't remember her at all, but I remember, I obviously remember Brandy C. And they say that they're, they're cute. They like Barbie twins and they're going to be girlfriends and he's going to be their boyfriend. And it's quite obvious that Brandy C is doing a thing where I'm going to pretend, I'm going to like, you know, bisexual, I'm going to be bisexual to entice a man, you know? performance bisexual is like she uh, at least uh, brandy sees definitely gonna go down on another girl to impress brett that's just regardless of if she wants to or not so then we see there's a knocking on the door and then we see tiffany now she and big john have a conversation she's like uh, i sent you home actually big when big john's when he sent me he's like your luggage is at the end of the driveway rude and I also understand that like this is like in like it's he's not doing anything they don't do in groupie culture right where they're like uh you gotta go you're too ugly boobs are too small you're fat we're only taking hot chicks tonight sorry go home like it's not it's not that what he's doing isn't what they do it's just that what they do is gross you know the whole system's gross but um he, he comes out and he's like, listen, we, not everybody gets in. I'm sorry. And she's like, Brett wouldn't have, Brett wouldn't have, um, dismissed me. And he's like, if it was up to Brett, all the fucking LA would be here. <laughs> I thought that was funny. Um, she says she came from Chicago and he says, there's no way where for her to even sleep. There are only 20 beds. And then, and she's like, please, please, I'll sleep in the bathtub. And I'm like, oh my God. But think about what first of all she seems drunk already is this she seems drunk so you guys know that like the mo of these shows is like make sure there's lots of liquor make sure that there's like you know lots of boredom keep everybody drunk and bored and see what fucking happens and i think tiffany has already been drunk um he just he says get your bags and jumps on him and like basically like there's no way you can watch this in 2021 and not be like oh production letter like production no production's in charge of everything if production didn't want her knocking on the door or didn't feel like her knocking on the door was useful we wouldn't see it you know like plenty of shit happens that you don't see and so like when i looked on when i was trying to look in the background there was some information that production that she really did refuse to leave like they were like okay we'll go home to these five girls and there and that she was like no i'm not leaving but the whole time they're trying to get her to leave she's yelling one-liners and she's really funny and they're like no she's gonna be funny let her stay and so they do this scene where they have her asking big john but the fact is like they've already decided she can stay and then we see a little like clip of her running down the driveway to get her fucking bag i'm like oh sad um there we find out there are only two girls in the house with natural boobs and they have so they have a conversation about silicone breasts and about gummy bear breasts that i have never gotten my entire fucking life i always remember like when i'm watching botch sometimes like okay so i like botch but the thing is i don't like the the surgery scenes on botch i don't need to see all that 
I don't need all that. Um, I just want to see the befores and after. And whenever they have like boob stuff, I'm like, gummy bear boobs. Does she have gummy bear boobs? <laughs> I this is this conversation has been so ingrained in my mind for fucking 15, 14 years. So then Brett comes back and everyone's like, woo, Brett's back. Woo, we're here for Brett. We love Brett. I'm like, okay, you guys just found out it was fucking Brett like 10 seconds ago. But anyway, and they come and take these pictures. And unlike uh, Flav of Flav, who gives everybody a slave name, <laughs> Brett doesn't do that. He takes pictures of them because um, he wants to get to know them through the lens. And I'm like, oh, yeah, because they realize that that already it was gross for Flavor Flav to be renaming women. You, a white man from Pennsylvania, cannot give out slave names. You certainly can. He, Flavor Flav couldn't do it, but he did it. We can't have you do it, okay? It doesn't make any sense. Um, you know, I, I like this little tidbit from Brandy C. She's like, he's tan, he's blonde, and we probably look a little bit like brother and sisters, but that's hot. <laughs> Brandy C definitely came to be on fucking TV. She definitely came to be on TV. Rodeo's the first one to get the picture. She has a matching cowboy hat to to um, Brett's. Ro- if you guys don't remember Rodeo, she's an older woman. I hate saying this. She's probably fucking 36. But c- there are a lot of people that were probably under 25 in this house. Um, she's muscular. She's a trainer. Later found out she has a seven-year-old child who she like really, this really connects her with Brett because Brett loves his daughters and they're about the same age. And... Um, also, she said that she was paralyzed for two years. She was a, she's a competitive diver. She broke both her legs for two years. And I'm like, a part of me was like, paralyzed for two years. When I think of paralyzed, I think permanently. But, that, you know, it does, like, another part of me is like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, if you can't, if you're in a fucking wheelchair for two years, it's a serious thing. Stop trying to downplay it. But then she's like, and then I had cancer. I was like, Rodeo, you ever thought maybe God's trying to kill your ass? Because <laughs> people don't get paralyzed for two years and then get cancer and then get hit by a car and then go on rock of love. That's not how people, <laughs> that's a very tough life. I'm just saying. You ever thought about that, Rodeo? <laughs> Maybe you should lay down. I think God just got it out for you. So, so but Rodeo's first. And um, they kiss. And then Tiffany's next. And she slobs Brett down. And this really becomes a tradition that, like, people, when, like, Brett is, like, spitting in the mouths of these women one after another. <laughs> And I, it's not just pandemic princess talking. You know, now, like, whenever I'm looking at people on TV, I'm like, oh, my God, they're standing so close together. Oh, you're just going to go to a buffet? Oh, you're going to blow on a birthday cake? That's over with. That was gross already. We don't do that anymore. And so just wa- watching them, I'm already like, ugh. But I also think I'd be like, ugh, if I hadn't just, if I wasn't continuing living through a pandemic. Um, Magdalena is an Eastern European girl. Um, she's very tall. She's giving me a lot of like Alexis Bellino vibes, you know? Like, she looks like Alexis Bellino. And um, she is dressed quite conservatively in a floral dress with elbow sleeves and like Easter strappy shoes. I don't know. 
And I'm like, Madalena, you're lucky you're fucking tall and gorgeous because your ass should have been out in the fucking driveway. You're dressed like the women out in the driveway. Heather does a shot with, like, does a, a picture with her boobs out. Um, she tells us, not on the show, but like on her podcast, she says that production told her to do that. And, you know, she wasn't, she's a stripper and she's used to showing her body and stuff. She wasn't upset about it, but she, but she was told by production to do that. Erin, gummy bear boobs herself, is like, I'm not going to lower myself to that level. Heather's a 32 year old stripper. And, you know, she obviously meant that as a, as a, as a, um, insult, but I'm like, she says she's not trying to hold, hide her boobs. And I was like, I'm glad that you mentioned that because you are leading with your boobs. Okay? You're leading with them. And you're over here talking about Heather. Um, so now it's time to do the mingling. It's like kind of a mixer where it's Brett and he has to like kind of meet everybody. And this is my worst fucking nightmare. And, and Brett, by the he looks exhausted. He says it's like going on 21 first dates. And I'm like, yeah, you have to walk around and talk to all these people and kind of like, and they're all vying for your attention. That would stress me out. You know, Brandy C throughout the whole thing is like yelling at him. Come stay with me. Come show me how to do pool. Where are you? Blah, blah, blah. And she's running around. Have you seen my man? Have you seen the man? And she's got Krista with her and everything. And she's got like, you know, she's like, we, we just want to get our man. And, you know, there's a certain type of woman on the show who does this. That's just like day one. Like, this is our man. Like, where he's in love with us. I don't know what he's doing with these ugly girls. And I'm like, all right, you're in a catacall. <laughs> there are like 50 girls here. Calm down. All right, there's 21. But um, she runs around. And at some point, like, she gets, she gets him to sit down with her. But then Tiffany shows up. And, like, Tiffany's really fucking drunk, guys. Um, and we'll get there. But... Like, just know that Brandy C really, really wants to spend time with him. And it's not really happening. So, and Brett does tell us in the talking hand, like, this is a little too much communication for him. I'm like, yeah, man, it is a little too much communication for, like, all these women keep pulling him from place to place. There's, he keeps talking about how our cat fight's going to break out. I'm like, Ugh. Imagine getting a cat fight over those fucking hair plugs. Get out of here. Um, so he does get to talk to Tamara, a girl named Tamara, who is in like in a red dress and her hair's kind of like, I don't know. She used a lot of hairspray to get it to stick, stick up like that. And she's pretty drunk. And Brett is like, she's one of the hottest women there, but I can't talk to her. But he keeps saying like, like, cause she's saying stuff that doesn't make any sense. And he's like, yeah, she's like cuckoo, cuckoo. And I'm like, okay, but you're not like, she's obviously fucked up, obviously fucked up. But we're just going to pretend like she's on another planet. I don't, I don't know. And they've been drinking all day at this point. It's also at this point that everyone realizes Tiffany is really fucking drunk. Her boobs are falling out and she's saying, ain't nobody like a South Side booty. What does that even mean? I'm sure, I'm, I'm assuming she's meaning the South Side of Chicago. What does she mean people don't like booties from the South Side of Chicago? Yes, they do. Those are some of the best booties. What are you talking about? <laughs> uh, 
Brett connects with Sam, who is who will be on the show for a bit. She's kind of she's really white, like she's got really white skin. Um, looks like she has natural boobs. Um, she's got kind of a, like a bowl cut kind of going on, like bangs, and you know she's got tattoos and stuff, and she's like she's like obviously an alt girl. You know she's sitting there talking about fucking Elvis. You know I'm too cool for whatever I don't know I'm too cool to like Justin Timberlake and the only reason I'm thinking of Justin Timberlake because it comes up but um later it comes up in very early in the season with Aaron but like and you know she sticks out in a way in this crowd you know there are places she wouldn't stick out but this is here she definitely sticks out and Brett connects with her and is kind of like okay I see her so she's memorable because everybody, because a lot of these girls all look the same. Heather's also there and they realize that he's, that her, that his daughter's birthday, the one that was born in May is the same birthday as Heather's. And she realizes that because he's got a tattooed on him because he's talking about tattoos with Sam. And, you know, Sam and her talking heads that she's intimidated by Heather. I think a lot of people are. Um, I think Heather really hit the ground running in a way that, people will be like, well, how do you even know to do this, you know? So we get to the point where Heather's doing pole tricks. Obviously, Heather's a stripper. She's, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if she's wearing underwear or she's wearing a stripper outfit or whatever, but she's doing pole tricks and she looks great. And she's doing her damn thing. And jerk-ass Tiffany is saying, that ain't shit, that ain't shit. And so she gets up there and really just is flapping around. Everybody's just staring at her. I thought she was going to hit her fucking head, but thank God she doesn't. Um, she's just too drunk, guys. She's just too fucking drunk. And she's drunk enough that, like, I feel like production today would be, like, really concerned, right? I don't think she'd be allowed to stay there like that, mostly because of liability reasons. If they had broken the fourth wall, I can also, I can see, like, production having a conversation about, like, first of all, she's too drunk. We can't let her, she can't get on the pole. Like, she can't do that. Um, and maybe compromising, being like, she can sit on the couch, but, like, if she's doing that, she can't. You know what I mean? Like, it just, it seems dangerous. It just seems dangerous. She's very, very drunk. If I had to give her a level of drunk, I'd say she was Ruthie drunk on Real World Hawaii. Like, when they put Ruthie in the fucking shower, I, like, I think Tiffany, I might put Tiffany in the fucking shower. Like, she, she's fucked up. Um, and this is the part where Brandy shows up. He's like, where's our baby boy? Where's our man? Where's our man? Where is he? And they're like, are you serious? Because here's the thing. There's only one dude here. What do you mean? Where is he? He's somewhere. Look around. So there are two black girl and there. One is Dallas and one is Raven. I want to talk about Raven. Raven has a terrible weave, guys. She's got a, a fucked up closure. It's 2007. So closures aren't what they are going to be. But her weave is bad. Real bad. And also she's talking a lot. And just, you know, she's wearing a pentagram. She. Raven is what I would call a special black girl. What I mean by that is that she's wearing blue contacts and a pentagram. And is on an almost all white show. And take from that what you fucking will. And so, I will say this, though. 
while she's talking, someone tries to talk over her and like, this is happening a lot. And she just shushes them and keeps going. (laughs) And I actually didn't think that was a bad thing. I was like, oh, go ahead. Tell her to fucking shut up. But she's just like really monopolizing the conversation. There are three or four girls there. And like Brett's not getting a lot of chance to talk. And she's like talking about her abusive mother and her loving father and parallel worlds and wanting to be loved for her mind. And he's like, well, you do have a beautiful ass, but it feels like he didn't get a chance to talk. And I'm just saying that like, listen, a person that would go on a show like this is, has certain narcissistic tendencies. Okay. Just, they just do. Um, one to art, to be a performer and, and Brett is a performer. He's been one for a very long time. Two, to go on a show like this, in which it's centered around your sexual conquests. And three, like, I don't know what three was going to be, but I'm just saying that, like, that, like I, those things tell me that Brett's the type of person that wants to talk and doesn't want to listen. And I'm not saying that it's bad. I'm just saying that he's used to talking and not listening. And so for Raven to go on and on, and he's just kind of look and he can't get in. I was like, bad move, Raven. Already, you listen, Raven. You already don't look like anybody here, and that might be a good thing, okay? Because I just said Sam doesn't look like anybody there. Not really. I mean, she's bright blonde, but uh, she doesn't. She her vibes aren't the same as everybody. You we'll, when we start looking at her outfits throughout the season, she looks different, but. You look very far off from everybody here. One, you're black. And not black in a, I'm a white person with a tan black. That's the, you're an actual black person. And two, you're not dressed like the other women. You're not, um, I don't know, you don't have gummy bear boobs. You know what I'm saying? And so then, you, so you top all that off with also you're monopolizing the conversation with a person who's used to the conversation being about him and being led by him. And like, I just knew Raven was going to make, I just knew like, she doesn't even, it, it's, it's, it, you know how on drag race, uh, they'll be like, they'll be like filler queen. Raven's a filler queen. We, we know you're not going to be here. Um, he, he does get a chance to talk about Rodeo, but I told you guys about it. Uh, Tiffany's still drunk and she calls Dallas a name that they bleep out. And Dallas says, am I supposed to be offended by that? Now, Tiffany was on Talk of Love and she said that production made it seem like she said it called Dallas the N-word, but she called her a cunt. Okay. I don't think production made it seem like that. The reason it seemed like that is because you're talking to Dallas and Dallas says, and Brandy M is there too, right? So Brandy's like, kind of a spitfire, uh, what did, he, he has some nickname for her, and she's kind of like, she's kind of, she's the type of person that would be like, I'm a guy's girl, right, and I automatically don't like someone who will volunteer if they're a guy's girl. Now, does that mean that I don't like women that mostly hang around guys, or that are, that work in guy-specific industry, like, places, like, you know, I'm a mechanic, there's not like six women working here, you know? No, I don't, I, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that I don't like someone who will volunteer, voluntarily out of the blue, identify as a guy's girl. And the reason I don't is because most of the time they are not saying I'm a person that has a lot of male friends. They're saying I'm not like the other girls. 
You know what I mean? You understand what I'm trying to say this? Especially if they volunteer it to you. Like, I don't say, I don't, I don't ask you, hey, do you think you're a girl's girl or a guy's girl? Like, first of all, I wouldn't ask anybody that, okay? That's a dumb question. <laughs> but if you volunteer that to me, I already know you're trying to show me that, you know, I'm not like the other girls. I'm cool. And Brandy M gives me that. Um, she also, Brandy M, so Brandy M is an Adrian from America's Next Top Model. Okay? Lots of farting, lots of burning, lots of, uh, oh man, I gotta take a big dump. Like, <laughs> and I'm just not a fan of that. I'm not a fan of anybody who seems like they're auditioning to uh, be an extra on Jackass. I'm just, I'm not, I, I don't like that. I, I'm not a fan of anybody like that. So, Brandy M already got on my nerves from the moment I fucking saw her, but Brett kind of liked her. And so she's standing there with Dallas and Dallas is the one saying, should I be offended? Brandy M says, that's not a nice word. Don't use that word. Brandy M is white. And Dallas is black. So, and Dallas is saying, should I be offended? And Brandy M is saying, please don't, that's, don't use that word. That's why it seemed like she said the N word. Now, I think she said it. <laughs> I'm pretty sure she said it. But if she didn't, I mean, it's possible she didn't. But I'm not going to go on Tiffany's recollection because fucking Tiffany was blotto, okay? I like, I, I will listen to the episode. I just, I just saw, I just saw excerpts. Excerpts from it. But the thing is, Tiffany, there's no way you remember what you fucking said. There's no fucking way. Did someone tell you what you said? Now, when I listen to the episode, she's like, I don't remember what I said, but Brandy M's the one that told me I said cunt, not the N word. I'm like, okay, because Brandy M is drinking, but she doesn't seem like blackout yet. And I would not be surprised if Tiffany doesn't remember a fucking thing after she came back into the house. I, I would not be surprised at all. Um, she's giving me toasty vibes if you've seen. <laughs> um, and this is where we get our first don't threaten me with a good time. And she says it over and over again. You know, they, they all think she's sloppy and ridiculous. You know, Big John takes her aside and is like, why are you acting like this? I told you don't make any trouble. I'm going to send you back to the driveway <laughs> with your bags. You, you want to go to the driveway with the other girls? <laughs> Um, we see Brett talking to Jess and she says that she's confident. She's not coming in with any expectations. She's just going to take her time. Listen, uh, Jess is getting the winners out of it. Not to be a spoiler bitch, but Jess wins and she gets the winners at it from the fucking get go. Um, Brett is always talking positively about her, but saying that she has a wall up. Now that's great because that gives you an arc, right? Um, if Brett walks in and goes, I like this girl. She's great. I love her. And then walks off with her. We don't have a show. But if we have a push and a pull of something. Like an attraction. But also a reason why we can't be together. Much like a romance novel. Romance novels are not five pages. You meet someone. You like them a lot. You both are willing to try it out. And then you get married. That's that's not what romance novels are. There has to be pushes and pull. There has to be reason why you can't be together. And reason why you're going to try. And misunderstandings and things like that. And so just getting the winner of it begin with now during that ama again taking with a grain of salt it is fucking reddit um she says or he says that i don't know their sex basically says that um 
they really thought it was going to be Jess and Brandy and Brandy M at the end. And so that's why you see like, so there I'll get to the parts as we get in. That's why certain things work out that way. And then at one point he, he was going to eliminate Heather and choose Brandy M, but Brandy M wanted to leave. And so big John walks her out with the passes and that's so he can switch the pass. And that's why you don't see them. And it made it seem like Heather had been chosen all along. And I don't know if I believe all of that, but that's what was said. But Jess, definitely. Heroes at it from the beginning. Now, keep in mind, they don't edit these things to the, sh- to the shit's done. So, like, you should, like, okay, so if the editors have done their jobs, you have an affinity for the winner already, Right? Um, or you get, you find a way to love them throughout the thing. If you get to the end of the season and you hate the winner, the editors didn't do their job. They're supposed to make you fall in love with them. Um, so let's see. So he talks to Jess. Finally, Brett gets some time with Krista and Brandy C. And, but while that's happening, Tiffany comes to sit on his lap again. Tiffany's very fucked up. And Brett's like, oh, you might want to leave. It's going to be a cat fight over here. And Brandy's like, it's not going to be a cat fight. I'm just like wondering what she's doing here. Like Brandy C is not as dumb as she like, like, "Eh, I don't know what's going on. And she wondered, she's got too many good one liners. Right. And she, and just the way she's talking to Brett and this girl and and Tiffany, uh, you can see like, she's not an airhead and she's also not drunk. Um, but Tiffany is, and Tiffany, he's like sitting on the chair. Tiffany gets on him and is like reverse cowgirling him and like jumping up and down on his dick. <laughs> he finally has to like pick her up and like her underwear showing and shit and, and like kind of remove her. And like Brandy C is really mad because she's like, I was just about to get alone time with him. Um, and Tiffany fucking ruined it and she's left again. Everyone's yelling at Tiffany. They won't talk to her. She's just standing there looking confused. Um, Like, I'm talking about the other groups of girls. They're like, we're not going to talk to you. Get away from us. And she's like, what? What? What are you talking about? I'm like, it was definitely a go to bed situation. In which, um, by the way, Diamonds and Rose. So, I have gone back to watch... Um, a scary island episode of New York, right? And have felt like, what the fuck is going on here with Kelly? Like differently than I felt the first time I was like, oh wow, Kelly's a mess. And the second time I was like, okay, well, not the second time, but the recent time I was like, wait, what, what's going on here? Like, you know, I know more about reality TV. I understand more of like who Bethany actually is. I understand who Sonya is more. And like, I, there, I had some strong feelings about it, but reading not diamond, not all diamonds and Rose, Kelly really did have, now Kelly doesn't say that. Kelly's like, Kelly's like, I just got an extensions. And they were like, well, Kelly said, she's like, I felt beautiful. I felt wonderful. I had the best bikinis. We had great weather. Everything was going well. And they were like, yeah, Kelly was really, like production was like, Kelly was really nervous to go on. She and Bethany had been going back and forth. Bethany's father had died and Bethany was pregnant. So she was getting a lot of like sympathy and stuff. And she she said she'd been throwing up all the night before. She did not want to be on the boat with Bethany. And Beth, and, 
And the response was from Kelly was like, how could I be throwing up? I had all these extensions in my hair and I was living life. Like Kelly does not come off better. Although you get a better idea of where Kelly was at the time. Like Kelly was in page six. Kelly did. Kelly just coming off some high profile stuff and, and like who the fuck was Bethany? Nobody. When they started together. Um, but the more they tell about the story of what happened on Scary Island, it is clear that a lot of stuff was on the cutting room floor. Production was worried about Kelly. The go to bed was part was also because production kept telling her to go. Like they were like, they kept escorting her to her room because some stuff was going down. And like people were really concerned about Kelly that night, about what was going on with Kelly. And I do think we could have done more than scream, go to bed at her. <laughs> I think we could have done more than that. We could have done more than that. But uh, over the years, I've always wondered, I was like, did they just, like, she, did she just get a bad edit? That and, and based on the tales of several people in production, the, the housewives, they didn't get Bethany to talk on this, but Bethany talks all the time. Um, Sonia, Jill, Jill was getting calls. And even Kelly herself, like Kelly, Kelly really, something went down with Kelly that night. And it was very scary to the people that were there. Very scary. Anyway, it's a, it's a very much a go to bed moment with, with, with Tiffany. Like, sit down, you need to go to bed. <laughs> we don't have any beds here for, for you, so go get in a bathtub or something. She ends up going inside and Brandy M like points her butt at her and farts, makes a fart sound. I was like, yeah, that, this is part of why I don't like you. I don't like people who do, who like, like everybody fucking farts, but anybody who like is making fart sounds or doing exact, even worse, doing exaggerating farts is too much for me. You guys remember, you guys remember that top model when Lisa was on it? You guys know Lisa. She was on it. It's memorable because Jack, the guys from Jackass were there. I feel like Steve-O was there, maybe just Steve-O. And they're doing a shoot with him. And she puts on a diaper and pisses in it. And everybody's like, uh, why are you doing that? <laughs> this, is, this is exactly the type of shit I hate. Like, we're all here. We're all doing something here. Please don't urinate in front of us. Please don't, like lift your leg up and fart real loud on people. Like, what is that? What is that? Like, if I'm ever someplace and people are lighting farts, it's time for me to go home. I, I don't want to be a part of that. I'm not looking for that. And I'm not saying Brandy M was doing any of that. <laughs> I'm just saying that, like, someone who, like, points their butt at someone and goes, like, <laughs> I'm just like, okay, why? What are we doing that for? Um. Later, we see Tiffany eating, and she's like, Ring-a-ding, chicken wing. And I'm like, oh, thank God. Soak that fucking liquor. Eat something. Soak that liquor up. I'm, I think production was like, you have to eat something. Please eat something. Sit down and eat something. <laughs> Water. No more. <laughs> no more liquor. Um, you know, um, Brett gets some time with Lacey. And Lacey's talking. And he's basically talking about how he wants a woman that, um, like, he, he does a lot of backstage parties. He's the life of the party. And he... 
wants people to have a good time. And there's lots of women screaming for him and stuff. And he's not wrong. Brad Michaels is a working musician, okay? Motherfuckers on the road. People show up to the shows. Is he selling out stadiums? No. But he's got a show in Tampa, and then he's got a show in Orlando, and then he's got a show, not in Miami, but he's got a, he's got a show in Fort Lauderdale. He's got a, you know, he's he's booking shows. He, he, he makes money, and people show up and take off their bras. They do. Now, they're your mom, and I wouldn't be surprised if your grandma, like it's, it's a very specific woman, okay? that shows up but they do and even in 2007 even 2007 I mean it wasn't grandmas but it was definitely people's moms it was people in their 30s that wanted to go and see go like go to the country fair and fucking Brett Michaels with his band was playing and people did girls did yell for him like I don't want to downplay him like Sure, I'll I'll play him by his wig, but the fact is, people wanted to want a shot of that fucking wig. Okay, so so that eyeliner, like people people were into it. Okay, a certain subset was into it. Aaron Carter still doing shows, guys. Not a lot, and I think he's I think he's still doing shit. He ain't supposed to be. I I don't. This wasn't a blind item. By the way, I do listen to Troy's Behind the Blinds. Troy and Kelly do a show Behind the Blinds. I love it. I do want them to get an intro that says allegedly and <laughs> screams allegedly at the beginning of everyone because I'm terrified that a D-list star is going to sue them or Aaron Carter is going to come kill them. That's what I'm terrified of. But um, I do listen to it. I enjoy it. I'm not really a blind item person, mostly because like I'm like, who the fuck knows this is true? But... I enjoy Troy and Kelly talking about blind items and they are very clear like, yeah, like this is just what people have been saying for like 10 years. And I believe it because of this reason, but you know, if you don't want to believe it, you don't have to. But the reason I'm talking about them is because they talk about Aaron Carter quite a bit. Aaron Carter's still doing fucking shows. You know what I'm saying? He's... I, and uh, they were saying that people were screaming, play Aaron's party. <laughs> I don't mean to laugh. I really don't. Aaron, I, something's wrong with Aaron Carter. And I really think he is scary. And I think, I think Nick Carter is scarier because I think they are the same level of something's wrong with them. But Nick Carter can, can uh, control it. And he doesn't have a tattoo on his face to warn you that he's a scary person. So, uh, yeah. I should do Nick Carter's a reality show, but it's difficult for me. And I'm not talking like I should do uh what the fuck is it called? The one with his family. But it's difficult for me to talk <laughs> to even think about it. It's dark, 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 dark. Anyway, why am I talking about Aaron Carter? Oh, Aaron Carter still does fucking shows. Okay, so Brett Michaels definitely does show. Because Brett Michaels plays music that I don't know. It's it, like a Vicky Gumbelson. Why do I always like fuck up her name? Gumbelson might go to a poison, a Brett Michaels with his band concert right now and be dancing to Don't Need Nothing But a Good Time. <laughs> Maybe we show our boobs, you know? Like, that's. Do you, so do you see what I'm talking about when I'm like. Like, there's a certain sus, sus, uh, subset of women that would definitely be interested in going to one of his concerts and like getting blotto and like (laughs) 
anyway, um, so, yeah, but, like, he's, he's talking to Lacey, and she's like, yeah, I'm a touring musician, I know all about that, it's fine, you know, like, I'm fine with it, don't worry about it, like, like, I know all about this, like, she's trying to connect with him on that level, and, like, I recall Lacey doing this the whole show, and I just never thought it was a good idea, because, again, I don't think Brett is looking for, well, first of all, I don't think Brett's really looking for anybody, I think he's excited to be on TV. This is an opportunity for him and great for him. He's using it for that. He's a business guy. Or not a business guy, but this is a business opportunity and he's, that's what he's using it for. Um, if he if somebody blows him throughout the course of the show, even better. But yeah, and they do. But anyway, I don't think Brett, when he's looking for love, is looking for a woman that tours, right? I don't think he's looking for a musician. I don't think he's looking to like... And even if he found, like, himself with a woman that had her own band and that was touring and that, like, made music and stuff, I don't think he'd be the type that was like, yeah, let's make music together. I think he'd really be, like, he gives me the impression there's only, there can only be room for one. He is the Highlander in this relationship. And so he doesn't want to hear about your songs and he's not going to come to your tour dates. Now, if he was 18 and he was just making, he was just making his way to L.A. and, like, yeah, I could totally see him being like, oh, yeah, I fell in love with this chick and she makes music too, blah, blah, blah. That's what we have in common. But at this point in his career, he is the guy. You know? He's, he's, the, he, he, he's the, the guy that gets on stage. And I don't think he would really care to celebrate, to share that with someone else. It's at this point that Brett's walking around. And he's pointing out there's like, in the camera season two, there's like four or five women who are kind of like not a part of the group. They're not being aggressive with him they're sitting off in the corners and they really look like what the fuck am I doing here and I feel a very strong kinship with those women because that's how I act at every party I am definitely someone who like I don't like being in large spaces with a lot of people most of the time and what happens at parties and stuff like that is I tend to People tend to, I tend to stay in one spot and people come to me and I end up like talking someone's ear off or finding all about somebody's job or, or something like that. But I'm really not a person that I'm, I, I can't imagine that I'd be chasing Brett through this and being like, where's our man? Where's our man? Um, at some point, Tiffany's still drunk and she starts talking about her daughter and my only thought, because they were like, what are you here for? And she's like, for my daughter. And I'm like, okay. Um, and like, what we're not reading between the lines is that she's saying she wants to be on TV and she wants a better life for her daughter. But as soon as she said it, my first thought was, oh my God, I hope she doesn't have custody of that kid. And that's mean. I, I agree that's mean. And who knows what Tiffany is like every day. You know what I'm saying? Like, she, she's just fucking drunk as fuck right now. But... I, the way she's looking right now, that's the first thought that came in my head. So Brandy C is still looking for her alone time. So what she does is she goes and puts on Krista's bikini. And it's too small. And then she walks around to get attention. And plot twist, it works. Um, so while she and Brett are talking, she's saying she will allow him to have other wives and girlfriends as long as she's the Holly of the group. And I'm like, Brandy C, do you really want to be the Holly? <laughs> Holly uh, talked about committing suicide. She tried to kill herself at the mansion. Like, 
Holly did not have a great life in a mansion, I guess. But at this point, Holly's still lying to people being like, I love the mansion. We have a regular relationship. What are you talking about? Why would you ask me these questions? Blah, 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 blah. And then she writes a book like five years later. It's like, yes, it was all true and I was lying. I'm like, okay, well, what the fuck do you want from us? So. Also, I've been thinking a lot about Holly because every now and then there'll be like some link, some like, I don't know, not a real article, not even a people article or anything like that, but it'll be like, this is what Holly had to say about Hef. She did this and Hef was mean to her after. And I'm like, and I always click through it because I'm stupid. And it's always some shit that was in the first book. And I'm like, why are we talking about old shit? Why is she on a podcast talking about old shit? What is she promoting that we need to talk about old shit like this? I always think it's something new, but it's not. And it's just like, I just want you guys all to read that first fucking book and like then let it go. Anyway, in the rant. So it's elimination time and Brett has to get rid of six girls, right? Rodeo gets the first pass. So instead of giving out clocks, he gives out um, tour passes. Uh, Rodeo gets the first pass and she knows, she says, I didn't know it was meant to be. Mm, you sure about that, Rodeo? And Heather was number two, Jess got third. And then it's one by one until we're down to a few people. And he says that most of them are down there because they were observers rather than participators, which um, iOS Notes says is not a fucking word. And he thought, he's telling us in the confessional, he thought Brady C was really annoying for asking for attention over and over again. But ultimately he gives her the last pass because he, she wanted to be there so badly. And then he says, He's going to let Tiffany stay, even though there's no pass for her. And there is, is no bed for her. There's nowhere for her to sleep. And she got into a fight with everybody. He does tell her that she probably owes everyone an apology. And that she has two strikes, so be careful. But he tells us that she's he can see there's a good person in there. I was like, how? Where? Did she cry in front of you? What happened? But she's just wasted. We've all been there. Also, she's entertaining. And I'm like, yep, that was production telling you she's entertaining. Because normally, you wouldn't be there looking, You why would you be there looking for entertainment? You're looking for somebody you can be with. And you aren't going to try to be with Tiffany because we already know. Like, like the first time I watched this, I never thought he was going to pick Tiffany. Like, I could have told you day one, A1, he wasn't going to pick Tiffany. And he knows he's not going to pick Tiffany either. It's just a production. When he says she's entertaining, yeah, but that's for TV. And that's production. There's an interview with Dallas where she says that Tiffany got eliminated, but she sucked Big John's dick to stay. And that's okay because that's what she does for a living. <laughs> okay, Dallas. <laughs> I I remember Dallas as being very quiet and I just felt her as a victim of Lacey, but like, she ain't quiet. She's been giving a lot of talking hints that are real... Mm. The ladies leaving are all pretty... Bitter, especially Raven, who basically tries. She's like, all right, then, sir. <laughs> I'm laughing because I would feel the same way. I'd be, I, I probably wouldn't even, like, waited to, like, shake his hand. I probably would have just, like, dipped out because what the fuck? He said she can kiss her. He can kiss her blue-eyed black butt. And I'm like, Raven, you're wearing contacts. <laughs> Why would you say that? And that's it. Next week is the second episode. I think um, we, we see a little trailer for the season. And 
which I need because I've seen the season many times. And uh, next week, I think Tiffany goes next week. I could be wrong. Yeah, Tiffany definitely goes next week. There's no way she could she makes it to episode three, but we'll see. Guys, that is it for um, the first episode of season nine of Buy Pumpkin. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you are ready to go on this journey with me through with these fun sluts. And I hope that um, you guys go buy something from buypumpkin.threadless.com because it is very important. We're winding down to the last couple of weeks of the month and the last couple of weeks of the year. And we got a chance to do something nice. So let's try to do that. Until then, later. <laughs>